Motherfucking week. It has. It's been a week for sure. Shit. Damn. For sure. I just want to send some love to all of y'all for joining us today. It has been many things. It's Aries and Taurus and Conjungs and new moons and fire and flames and hot tamales and what? It's been a lot. It's been a lot. I love your glasses. Well, thank you very much. I. Um, they're bringing a lot of joy to everyone around me. They so I'm so just. They're fly. I want to give a shout out to my girl, Brianna, over at Sea Spectacle, who always keeps me in the dope glasses. Yeah, those are hot. Hot. I'm loving her for that. Thank you, Miss Brianna. You always doing the right thing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Miss April Walker. How are you, love? Girl, I'm good. You know what I was thinking about earlier today is this whole week was sending me flying down a flight of steps in high heels with roller skating. (laughs) (laughs) what were you thinking about I was thinking what kind of superhero would I be if I could be one what would you be if you were a superhero definitely um, that's a great question I have to think about that a little more I I thought immediately for myself that I would want to be um, a superhero who had the ability to listen to every language Hmm. so that I could just eavesdrops on people all the time. Just eavesdrop, eavesdrop, eavesdrop. And I didn't know why I wanted to think about that while this whole week was doing whatever it had to do. But I was really like, hmm, that would be a really interesting power. And I know there were like apps for it. You can go to Google Translate. But I think I was just like, well, if I could just like listen to every single one. Yeah. Every single language and just be able to, to always it. yeah I would do that I would want to fly fly I've all, since I was 16 I've had dreams of flying me too I learned how to fly in my dreams and everything I used to crash when I was showing off shit um, it always to flying always helped me when I was in danger mm-hmm. in my dreams so 16 since 16 I don't have them as, as frequent but I used to have them a lot I used to have mine when I was six. The first time I had a flying dream, um, I remember specifically um, having a dream where my mom had um, placed a cake on the counter in the kitchen. And I remember very distinctly telling her the next day, Mom, why did you leave out the cake? And she was like, well, how would you know that I left out the cake? And I was like, I flew down steps and, you know, I saw yeah. it. Like, this is just like what was what, happening. What I do. This is what I do. And she was just like, okay. Right. 
All right. And I was not sleepwalking because I was like in the room with like all the other kids. So like she would have definitely known if I was sleepwalking. And um, that's interesting. We're both. Yeah. Fly. Fly, fly, baby. Fly (laughs) up to the sky. And you know what's interesting? But so high. Wow. 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 Because you already you all the way up. I might be off that building. I wonder if that's about, like, if I think about that, about some, like, cultures would say that the reason perhaps that we don't have them as frequently now is because our third eye got calcified. Mm -hmm. I think it has something to do with it. Right, with the fluoride Mm -hmm. and all that radiation and a lot of things weighing you down. Right? Interesting. It is interesting. I think about it all the time. The more we know right now, we just found out. Wow. Okay. So let me just do a little bit of an intro. April Walker is, um, among many other things, um, a designer, an entrepreneur, a leader, a boss, a Capricorn. We just found out that she's a flying machine also. (laughs) (laughs) And an author. And an author. Um, And she's another fabulous thing, Blacksican. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Hi, hi, hi. Yes, Blexican magic. So my father's African American with a little Indian in him. And then my mom is Chicano. So my grandmother was from Mexico, but my mother um grew up in Denver as a Chicana and, and I and she she has a little Navajo in her, so but you know You just Mexican, be out here doing I'm a just thing. as Hans fifty seven. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wow. So if you wanted to walk us down the road and be like, okay, listen, this is something that I think to myself every day was a game changing moment. Talk to me a little bit about how you started what you started. Now, some of the backdrop on this is that you are an innovator in design and fashion. Talk to us a little bit about um, how that started and where you were. I was in, it was in the 80s, mm-hmm. and I was in college at New Paul's. Uh, I was, I loved hanging out. I was definitely a social butterfly, buzz, so buzz. to speak. And so at that time, people in New York City, it was everything from the Fever to Roxy's to Broadway International, Copacabana, Bonds Internationals, Zanzibar, um, you know, you name it, Empire Roller Skating Rink. Lacey's, you know, those were my spots and um, amateur night at the Apollo. So, oh, yeah. And so I was already knew I didn't want to work for somebody else, but I hadn't figured out what that was going to be. And one night I went from. How did you know you didn't want to work for somebody else? Some people you like, know what? I, how did you I, know? Because. So I thought I was going to be in communications. So maybe I I didn't because I was in college for business and communications. I thought I was going to be a broadcaster or something like that. Interesting. But the more I was in college, I was just like, I don't know. I was working for American Express. Okay. Okay. Um, And and I I hated that. Even though I love American Express. Did you have on a special special outfit? Did you have on like the 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 young suits? No. We did have a dress code at Mm -hmm. American Express. But it was just, I remember, this is how I knew specifically. There was a girl that sat next to me. Her name was Melanie. Melanie was always dipped, fly. And so she said to me, 
if if you keep doing what you're doing, one day you could be like that one. She pointed. He's been here like 15 years. Or that one was another woman named Cynthia that was running the joint. She's been here 23. It was, it, and as the numbers went around, I was like, that sounds like death. <laughs> I really felt like you that. You were like, that sounds like a motherfucking prison sentence. And, and that was it. And I was like, uh-uh. So I was in college, but I went into, I went one night, I was hanging out and I went to amateur night at the Apollo. And mm-hmm. after I was with my crew and they said, let's go to Dapper Dance. Okay. And the light bulb went off because it was 80s. Um, I'm in college and I never seen, it was the Willy Wonka of, fashion for mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. you know fabulous and i mean he's come back we'll go flip into yeah, that later but, just so, to see how that goes off when i saw that i was like uh, they didn't have nothing like this in brooklyn mm-hmm. and we were already dressing to the nines and you know already cheating and in, in terms of not cheating we were creating our own stuff already but we didn't have that there were shirt kings mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and queens at the mm-hmm. coliseum mm-hmm. um so that was that was the battery in my back to mm-hmm. say I'm gonna start and I started my first shop called Fashion in Effect and it was on oh, Green Avenue. Shit, that sounds fire. That was eighty six. I, I was twenty. I started out of the house at twenty, and then when I was twenty one, I started Fashion in Effect. Wow. Yep, eighty seven. Wow. Out here, twenty one years old, like what? Like what? Like Not what? having a clue, but like right. we're gonna do this. Wow. What were people saying around you? What was your family saying? Everybody thought I was crazy, right. except for my father. Uh huh. Um, because my mom wanted me to have stability. You know, mm-hmm. my father came from the music industry, so okay. she grew up around that. And she right. was like. Oh. Right, right. You know, no, we're not doing that. Right, and right. So then to see me do that. Mm-hmm. She was like, ooh, I just got called for the fire department and corrections. Wow. I took the test and I got called when I signed that lease. Wow. It's amazing how many different things. If you think about defining moments in your life, like you opening this store, that woman sitting next to you and saying what she thought was basically, she was saying she thought it was a compliment, Right. right? You can end up like that. And you were like, what? That? What? Yeah, that's not Not fly. Me for me, that. right? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's recently somebody was interviewing some childhood friends of mine, and one of the women she I went to Bishop Lachlan, and so sure. one of one of the women were like um, at Lachlan. Say April was always um, driven in, and it's things you don't see about yourself at uh, that time uh. because you're just in the moment. But she said, I remember. So there was a there's a senior citizens home across the street from Lachlan mm-hmm. and when I was 16 I had an after school job there and she said she remembers one day she came to meet me and I came outside and I was like this is not it or something and uh-huh. she was like what do you mean and it's like this ain't it I, I just know that I can't work for somebody she, mm-hmm. I'm not no she said what do you mean this is I can't do this that's what I said and so she said what do you mean you can't do this uh-huh. and I said I just know I can't work for somebody the rest of my life. Wow. I know wow. that. And she said that was like when she was 16. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that at all. But you know how mm-hmm. you, there are things that speak to you sometimes and, and you don't even know you're not paying attention to yourself. Maybe right. Exactly. Moment, right. You know? Right. Right. You're kind of still being in this position where you don't even understand that what, uh, all the insight that right. you're asking for right. is kind of already in you. Absolutely. Right. 
And is that something like when you start thinking about the progression after that, talk to us a little bit about where New York was. I mean, for people who don't know, Green Ave uh, was prime Brooklyn. The, it was Bed-Stuy and it Bed-Stuy. was something different than it is now. Very different, right? This was a different New York. This is a different Brooklyn. This is not... Old Brooklyn. This is old Brooklyn, right? I mean, and for me, as a born and raised Philly girl, like coming and visiting, I'd be like... All right, so this is what they're talking about in the movies. But, you know, Philly, still to this day, we have streets with no lights. So I'm like, what, what, what? Right. Um, But it was very, 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 like, at the epicenter of so many different things that were happening and popping off, right? There was fashion. There was music. It was the way that that was even bleeding over um, or or, or feeding feeding over, Mm -hmm. right? Because the crack epidemic was taking a lot of people's, like, hearts and souls that started off that whole trajectory for everything that was happening with, like, jacking up the prison pipeline and just filling it with black and brown men. Right. Right? So then you started having neighborhoods being decimated. So like the things that you were able to do, when you were able to do it, you were going to celebrate. Right. right? So this was about celebration and joy in the face of so much oppression, which is so powerful, right? Because this whole thing about um, enclosed, uh, I believe there's a word like enclosed psychology, right? The clothes that you put on and the mentality that you assume once you put something on, you know, this week was giving me a whole lot of like smack. So I had to fight back and put on my boss lady shirt. Like, what the fuck? Right. Right. That's what today is about. Right. Like the day was like, bah! and I was like, <sighs> yeah, that my week was like that. So I'm like, I'm not going to do that today. I got to do something different. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so you were there um, and at this point right were there a lot of girls doing this I mean like who were you rolling with who were your mentors if anyone who was your at homie that, that time, was there at that time I didn't have mentors and mm. I wish I did at that time mm-hmm. but it was literally why do you wish you did because I know the importance of mentors now mm-hmm. you what, know? what's important about them everything you 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 learn so much and you should in my personal opinion opinion it's good to have mentors in different spaces right Mm, mm, so mm. um you grow from it Mm -hmm. because if you're lucky enough to find an experienced person that will let you shadow or take you under the wing and just give you some jewels you don't have to knock your head on that wall Right. Because they've already been there, done that, and they can share information and experience their life lessons mm-hmm. and pass that on. And that's priceless. You know? Do you feel like this whole um, kind of like ability to have mentorship is something that we are challenged with um, as black and brown people because of the way our time is um, fucking fragmented and shattered in a hundred different ways? It's so hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's very difficult. So for me, mentorship means many different things. Mm-hmm. And I think think the word is even overused sometimes Mm -hmm. how so because i think mentorship is really it's a role Mm -hmm. and it's 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 it's, it takes action right right so just being around somebody maybe some people you know a lot of people say that i mentor them right right but i think that on my part it takes action to do that now Walker Gems is virtual mentorship mm-hmm. it's what I can talk do talk to us about Walker Gems or maybe back us into Walker, Walker coming out of the 80s okay what was going on then okay the yeah I'll go to and, Walker Gems mm-hmm. later you, you want me to talk about what happened in the 80s going into mm-hmm, the 90s mm-hmm. so yeah so with the 80s Fashion in effect basically was the right time, I think. That's mm-hmm. what happened. Not it was the mother of necessity when you mm-hmm. asked me why 
you think it, it popped off. Mm-hmm. I think that at the time in the 80s, it was what you just explained, an explosion, right, of hip hop. Mm-hmm. Uh, hip hop was in the 80s when it became commercially viable to mm-hmm. me. It became a business. The spirit of entrepreneurship kicked in for the music. Mm-hmm. And I think different people started identifying, wow, this is a business that's going to be here to stay and it's a lifestyle Mm -hmm. right what other branches are there Mm -hmm. so me being one of those people I I was already manipulating my clothing and making Mm -hmm. it work for me and not if I bought something I might have been tearing it up or Mm -hmm. tearing the bottoms off and making sure they were they were um open bottoms unraveled or bleaching them or whatever mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. right bling bling and all stuff mm-hmm. then you know all of that so I was just like airbrush was so big then mm-hmm. you know airbrushing and um and we were getting stuff custom made then mm-hmm. in the 80s I was mm-hmm. in high school getting stuff custom mm-hmm. made so it was mm-hmm. serious for mm-hmm, us so mm-hmm. when they we had this option and I went to Fresh Fest and saw Run DMC on stage uh-huh. with the Adidas and LL and I just knew like this is it so the music was already happening but fashion wasn't so that was in high school I dressed and it was always a natural thing that I never owned mm-hmm. but when I went to DAP I made the connection and I was like okay and so I was going to school for communications and business. So I put that hat on, mm-hmm. and I and I stole some tailors, mm-hmm. and I opened up fashion in effect, <laughs> right, right, a hole right. in the wall. But you right. could come get those goods. We had right. that heat, you right. know. So we knew what the culture wanted because we were the culture mm-hmm, at that mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. At twenty one, we were servicing young twenties. Um, it was everybody from the correction officer to the hustler. Right, And right. we could give you what you wanted, you know. So blue collar, white collar, or if you had a little more, what you want. You right. Know? We, <laughs> we were making fabric like Gucci. Uh-huh. We were making, we were sending detail shops in Chicago, their leather to detail their mm-hmm. leather um, mm-hmm. trucks, the back of the, you know, the wheels, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. covers, all of that. So uh-huh. it was just fun. But then when, when, DAP started having trouble I started realizing this isn't long term mm-hmm. so I, that's when I started I was already making my own stuff but I started leaning more towards just all my original mm-hmm. my own designs and mm-hmm. and and we were we were hustlers so mm-hmm. we used to actually we didn't have Tommy Hilfiger money mm-hmm. so we would have to go out and market ourselves so we would hit all those clubs mm-hmm. we just were talking about and we would literally Work the room, and I had like fly girls working with me. We were so all you would fly. have basically like live mannequins coming in there looking like the yeah, baddest it, ones, and, and yeah, and we this would, is what we were rocking. Fly, we were all fly, we would wear our stuff, and we would work the room. And we had a code like, This is all business, right? Go get your money, keep it business, and we did that, you know. And mm-hmm. I think that, and what were they working? They were selling the clothes. Talk to me a little bit about that. They were selling the clothes, oh. but it was always conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, you meet people, you you walk up to them. We had our cards mm-hmm. and um, start a conversation. We would always have stuff that we were wearing. So, so a lot of times that was the conversation. Like that's fly. What you have on? Mm-hmm. And then they that. would follow up and come to the yeah, shop. Okay, that's so how that's that when... started. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day I was in the shop, and um, some of my first customers that were artists. So Brooklyn rep Brooklyn. That's what everybody mm-hmm. should know. Still does, but then it was really a loyalty thing back then, and um, and so one day Shaggy came in, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then after Shaggy came in, Shinehead came in, mm-hmm. 
And, and for people who don't know who are in different generations and don't listen to wide ranges of music, because um, <clears throat> you should know who Shinette is and Shaggy is, Definitely. but I'm just saying, if there's anything that you don't know about it, these are like legendary, Icons. legendary uh, musicians coming out of uh, reggae. Yes. And so then after that, one day, Biggie came in uh-huh, and uh-huh. he was still so young. I mm-hmm. knew him from the neighborhood because he grew up in my neighborhood, mm-hmm. but I didn't know him. Mm-hmm. I used to see him around on Washington and Fulton all the time uh-huh. at the train. And uh-huh. he came in, he saw Eric B and Rakim shirt mm-hmm. in the window and that start, started a conversation. He came in and then after that, um, audio too. So mm-hmm. Milk and Giz mm-hmm. came in and they were doing Milk is chilling. And they were doing that cover. What more can I say? Yes. Top billing. Hey. That's what I get. And got, got it good. good. And if, if you understood, understood would you... <laughs> Exactly. Okay, all right, that I, just yeah. happened. And, and, and so that was it. That's dope. Right. But that's how that started. And it's crazy because that... That cover that we did, we styled that cover. Mm. It became one of the most sampled songs in hip hop history. Mm. And then on top of that, now full circle, we're in the studio doing in his studio doing the audio book. Right wow. now. Wow! 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 So it goes around and around. What were some of the largest things that... Um, so you started after that, your imprint, Walkerware. Right. So then I go into Walkerware. And Walkerware just... Walkerware was an, a fantastic ride that you just are like, that really happened. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was a journey being mm-hmm. a, a female... So from the evolution of fashion and effect, mm-hmm. what I started seeing was people were asking for certain things over and over again. What were they asking for? Or they were they men couldn't put their hands in their pockets all the way, mm-hmm. so they wanted deeper pockets, mm-hmm. more pocket room. They wanted bigger crotch. They wanted they wanted more room in their crotch. They couldn't breathe. So mm-hmm. you know, skinny mm-hmm. jeans were in then, mm-hmm. but they wanted some room to it. Mm-hmm. They wanted more leg room. Bootlegs came because we saw the need for people to wear their um, Tims. Everything's about Tims. So we wanted it to fit right over the Tims or right in the Tims. In the Tims. So we we created that, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, And so all of those things, more leg room, lower crotches, and then they wanted bigger pockets. So on the back, what we did was drop the pockets, but it actually fit the waistband and we had the pleats on the denim. So it was just Who were you working with? What type of day were you having? uh, I was having 19 hour days. Like it was just that you were driven. Like, and it was the dream, the passion fuels everything. So you didn't even know 19 hours went by and you were up and at it the next Mm -hmm. day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, and that was it literally. And and it wasn't easy. The first three years, it was beans and rice. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what do they call those kingfish or what's that fish you have that swordfish the the cheap one they sell in the thing I mean no disrespect but I hey, that, yo, that was my yo, treat yo, that yo, was the treat yo, to this myself is for real. You know this is for saying? real this is real talk mm-hmm. so you know it's just how much you want the dream mm-hmm. and, and the thing is I always saw the dream is real like mm-hmm. I knew it was coming mm-hmm. it was just timing so um, so I didn't have a problem with it and I loved what I was doing mm-hmm. loved what I was doing because I. I didn't know all of this would happen that we're right. sitting here now talking about. Right. It was just doing what you love, you uh-huh. know, and sharing that. And when you see people walk out of some place and they just love what you created, that's everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that was how bringing you joy. And, the, and while, while you were doing this and you were doing these 19 hour days and you were running on these beans and rice, thank 
thank goodness that like beans and rice was something you were able to run on. You know, yep. some people were out here running on. Less than Ghost Space was talking about like how to live off of oatmeal, like right? You Absolutely. know, like you know what I'm saying? Like beans and exactly. rice might have been nice at that, that point. That was big. That was right? my that was, Um and so what were you doing for um I still, cracking you I up. still make a mean beans and rice. I'm about to say, you probably got a mean I recipe. I got some beans and rice. Any kind of beans, y'all. Y'all can't get... Y'all, I'm telling y'all, think about opening a bean spot. Right, right? I need a bean spot. I'm getting supplying the bean pie makers uh, over here. Um, what were you doing for um, joy and for release? That's a good question. Hanging out. Mm-hmm. You know, I it was... was, I was the, you know, the actual... The actual marketing of it was having to go out at that time mm-hmm. and if the golden era of hip-hop um as we went into the 90s you know the palladium and webster hall and mm-hmm. all these places just to be able to go out and to watch ll cool j or run dmc on stage or wu-tang and you know and then to start working with mm-hmm. them and seeing them hang and you're there you're listening to all of these classics that are being made mm-hmm. i mean it was just a magical mm-hmm. time and every Everybody was on some love, supporting mm-hmm. each other mm-hmm. at that time. Like mm-hmm. it was very incestuous in a good way. You know when did I you mean? say at that time? Was there a time when you saw so, that the love went away? Uh, in the nineties, it started becoming a business, and I think with anything in America, when you have any creative art form that's pure, the moment that capitalist colonialist. The, and, I, and I'm a cap. We're all capitalists to an extent, living in America. But you know, corporate group. But that's why I'm, I'm separating that because I'm like I believe like there's there's differences in like capitalism right. and colonialism. Like, right. So De- I like you know. But the moment corporate greed gets in mm-hmm. the ring and figures out how they can dilute that art form and make money off it, and off of it, monetize it, it's usually exploitation involved. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, not usually. There's explo- mm-hmm. exploiting the business. So it becomes it's a zero sum game zero mm-hmm. um and so yeah i think the 90s was when that started converting mm-hmm. you know and and just like everything else usually when we're very creative souls and we're very young in any in any form you think about think about it right mm-hmm. artists filmmakers you know, when we're young, our business game is not that tight. Right. And back to this need for mentorship, particularly for right. young. So, right. You know, I, I started, I remember in the early 90s, I saw the wave coming and I started something called Alliance of Minority Designers. Mm-hmm. Our first meeting, I had every big designer you could think of there at that time. Mm-hmm. From Maurice Malone to AACA, Chris Latimer. Um, we had, at that time, it was Herbie Lovebug. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, you know, PNB Nation. And what was the purpose of it? To bring us together to discuss pulling together our resources, mm-hmm. buying our denim together. Distribution is always the the pain point for us mm-hmm. because we don't control <clears throat> it. Control so those like, avenues how and the can, channels. How can, we, how can we Voltron and control our distribution? That was the meeting. That was the meeting. And, and was I it was continual? Like, was it, what happened? I, we had two. We had one in New York and we had one in Vegas. But I think at that time what was also happening was, you know, music was blowing up. Mm-hmm. And these guys were in the 20s and they were... They were blowing up. So mm-hmm. it's hard to keep your eye on the prize when mm-hmm. you're hanging out. 
and you're doing that and you're right doing so that. you're doing this and, right and so then it you have the, the backers telling you you don't have to be in the boardroom meetings just go create and mm-hmm. we got this mm-hmm. you know and that's what was happening in a lot of those companies so you know we we weren't able to to grow the business because we never took the time to know the business mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you know a lot of us and there's power in numbers and so there, that was so that was at that point. So you started that, and then afterwards, you've been consistently doing so many different things. Kind right. of like if you even fast forward to the transition out of that, coming that, pulling that together. Now, who are you, and what are you up to right now? I think that um, there is a book. Yeah, I'm doing so many different she's things. She's an author. <laughs> She writes things. It's a book. What's that? I'm doing a little toss. It's about a book. Book that she wrote that yeah, she had yeah, written. Talk about get your ass off the couch. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. So let me let me say the narrative. One of the things is I don't I don't believe in failure. I think there are life lessons. Mm-hmm. And being the the first woman. Have you always it, believed that? Or was no, that a learning? That's a learning. That's a teachable moment many times. Mm-hmm. Um, what made think- you do that? Because some people internalize so much of it and say, I failed. I fucked up. What made you eventually say, this is the way I'm going to look at this? Uh, I think that it's in my DNA. I think that one part of this is the way God made me, mm-hmm. honestly. You know, I think that he made me naive to fear. Mm-hmm. And that's that's helped me a lot. I think that. I failed so much, mm-hmm. if you want to use that word. Mm-hmm. I've had so many life lessons. Right. And and when you live a little bit, you learn that, oh, that actually saved me right. sometimes. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a failure. It was a life lesson that actually saved me because if I went that route and succeeded, wow, that right. could have been totally different. Mm-hmm. you know. And then sometimes it's, it wasn't right at that moment mm-hmm. and you understand that and then you then, start trusting in the process and more you start trusting as you're in so the first thing I was going to say is like as one of the only women in the all menswear business mm-hmm. that became like literally we trailblazed a multi-billion dollar business mm-hmm. you know Walkerwear was one of the first brands to open distribution doors for the foot actions of the world the foot lockers the, the Dillards the Dayton's the Federated's uh, we were one of the first brands to get on the magic floor when magic didn't want there was no urban fashion. There was Magic no for name. people who are not aware of it is there is a big, huge convention in Vegas every year that is the place to be if you are a retailer. Right. And that's what it's called, the Magic Show. And at our first Magic Show, they said, no, we, we can't have you on the floor because we don't, we don't understand this. You mm-hmm. know, that mm-hmm. hip hop was evolving. And, mm-hmm. and But we'll give you a little room and you guys can invite your buyers. And we, we did that, me, Carl, and I, and Cross Colors. And we, we had... Um, invited all the buyers and, mm-hmm. and they came and we wrote mm-hmm. like we wrote millions at that show in in the next show they up they were like there's your place on the floor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and now you go and see and I've seen it go to streetwear to become urban fashion and back to streetwear so you see all of these things and it's it's growth you know and it's also um, teachable moments and lessons so so with all of that I feel blessed. Because What's your relationship with God during this whole thing? Who is God to you? God is everything, you know. I think that when you're young, not your 
when I was young. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that so much. I understood it because How I grew up. How were you up, raised religiously? So religiously. Um, my grandmother, my great-grandmother and my grandmother were Christian. They didn't go to church a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, my father was a Baha'i in the Baha'i faith. And so Please people that don't know mm-hmm. about the Baha'i faith, it stems from the Persian culture um, in terms of from Persia but it is basically the Baha'is believe in the oneness of mankind and each one teach one and they believe in progressive revelation when it comes to religion so they believe in Jesus they believe in the Muslim faith they believe but they believe they're the last faith is this related to Sufism I'm not familiar with Sufism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so Sufism has a lot of the same principles. So I'm wondering. Yeah. I'm going to dig around on it that. It has a lot of, of the same principles to me as Christianity mm-hmm. with Muslim faith. Like there, to me, my personal relationship right now at this moment in my life um, is I think a lot of the religions have a lot of the same principles. Mm-hmm. And I think it's your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Right. And God is in us. He's all around us. He's um, Does your God present. change genders? Is God a he God, for you? God is everything. Mm-hmm. 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 So, you know, I think that... Um, is God a woman sometimes for you? I think God is a higher power. I just try not to be, you know, sometimes you, I say he mm-hmm. had a habit. Mm-hmm. Because that's, yeah, that's, that's what I was, I was yeah, catching I that he one. And I, I catch it sometimes, mm-hmm. especially... Because what happened was, I think in the 90s, I started going to Christian churches and everyone in Christianity. Because you were having multiple come to Jesus moments. Multiple. Right. You know, um, and I I believe in Jesus. But I I also, I'm going to be honest, I'm also getting to the point in my life where I'm looking at religion as um, fraternities and sororities. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think help that, us with that. So you're I looking at religions as more. What does that mean? I think that team me, team me, come to team me, come to team me. And I think that God is in all of those religions. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's one truth, and then there's many truths. So mm-hmm. if that makes sense to you, it's like it's, it's one universal truth. If you look at all, if I read the Quran, if I read the Bible, they have the basic same principles. You know, um, but. How does your relationship with God Trans- translate into what you do or how you're doing right now as a businesswoman? Living my best life ever. And that is to be pleasing to God's eyes. And I think innately we know that just by there's a compass, a moral compass inside of all of us. So you know You believe you, everyone has a moral compass? I do, I do. I don't think they, they I think a lot of us lose that along mm, the way. Mm. But I think we're all born with something inside of us mm. that tells us right from wrong and just like there's um, pollutants in the air and there's all of that Mm. there's experiences that happen in life that are like the pollutants Mm. that just really corrupt people Mm. and if you don't detox if you mm-hmm. don't have a spiritual base in you that that is anchoring you, mm-hmm. it's easy to lose because it's your will or it's it's God's will, right? Mm-hmm. And so, people that lose that um, that innate thing inside of them, and you lose it over time. Well, I was just talking about this earlier, right? Or even when you like this, like for me, when I think about follow your gut, right. one of the most that- interesting things is like like the oldest thing around that's living of some format is bacteria the same bacteria that was around billions of years ago so basically this is like a very ancient source of information on a scientific level if you think about listen to your gut your gut reaction it is literally 
ancient libraries in small forms telling you how to fucking survive and do better. And there's good bacteria and there's bad bacteria, Mm -hmm. right? Well, I don't see... Yeah. I I have a whole thing about good and bad, but that's a whole other longer discussion. Right, but I'm saying... Okay, so with CBD oil, right, it's put in, I'm, I'm, I'm going left, but when Go you left. Put, with CBD oil, right, that is, is something we all have an endocannabinoid system in us. And so what it is, is it gets compromised over time with wear and tear. So um, it's just, I'm giving this analogy because it's the same with life. And so the CBD oil, when you use it, it balances out, it actually, it actually can permeate through all of the stuff that's not good, those bad cells and everything that's corrupting your body, and it actually realigns it back. So it puts your endocannabinoid system back in place. Say that four times. Yeah, say it five (laughs) times. So, um, you know, but that's the same thing, right? When you're corrupted, life beats you down sometimes, Mm -hmm. and it beats us all down. Mm -hmm. What What are you relying on? to put you back in your balance mm-hmm, mm-hmm, what are you relying on and I don't think it can be I think exercise is great but I think you're going to need a lot more than that you know? but for some people exercise is their god so yeah, like so it's different this is, but this, I I'm always interested in how people have that relationship we because we all have but I personally yeah. I just think God is everything that's mm-hmm, all mm-hmm, mm-hmm, shout mm-hmm. out to God shout out to God <laughs> you yeah know? Because I work out, and this is interesting. I, I'm a big workout person, and you I are. and I and I I find God mm-hmm. when I work out. I can hear Him best mm-hmm. or her best, mm-hmm. you know. But I'm I'm in tune with God mm-hmm. at that moment. At that moment, and a lot of people just also like refer to that as just flow. When you're completely in flow, and people find flow in different places. For some people, it's swimming. Right. Some people, it's running. Some people, it's, it's whatever singing. it is. It's, it's wherever you things. find your. And rhythm it can change it can it evolve can, it can evolve and right. that's just one of the places mm-hmm. I find but it, it's funny I've I can I can hear most when I get to that point of exhaustion because mm, you can't hear nothing else but that right it's deep all it's the deep. chatter yeah. is here and then you even have to when fall I meditate down and I visualize like, sometimes it's sometimes a good days and mm-hmm, sometimes mm-hmm, you're not mm-hmm. it's just like shut it up mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, what I mean mm-hmm. when I'm trying to tap mm-hmm. in or when I'm trying to what pray. are some things that you're using right now when we talk about um what are things that you're using right now to power you forward you mentioned an audiobook right um and you Tell us a little bit about the audio book. That seems like so, that's something that's bringing you right. joy and flow right now. Right. So let's talk a little bit about the audio book. What is it? So I'm doing, so I wrote a book called Walker Gems. That's just a compilation of this life experience we're talking about. It's sharing stories. It's sharing information, empowerment tools. It started from Walker Gems, which is on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And that actually And that's was, Walker Gems, like gems and jewels like I like dripping and I'm like Cardi said. Exactly. <laughs> and that just was just me wanting to give the people what I have. Mm-hmm. You Sharing know? your insights, your learnings. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know? And that, that's the value that I bring. You know, mm-hmm. what I have. I can I can give you what I have. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, mm-hmm. um, so when I started doing it though, I saw, wow, there's a lot of people hungry for this. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of entertainment, a lot of startups and a lot of fashion people that follow me and now mm-hmm. a lot of women. And so I just saw their pain points. Mm-hmm. I was listening DMs. I did webinars, different things. And I just amassed over a thousand of these videos. And from that, 
I said, I'm going to do a handbook series. So Walker Gems, Get Your Ass Off the Couch. I came out with that last year and mm-hmm. started a tour. I go back out in uh, May. Um, first stop, we're going to be at Washington, D.C., convention center for the TCON convention mm-hmm. May 12th I'll be doing a actual um, plug in book sign plug in May 12th yeah shameless plug no and hey, then, hey hey and hey. then in June I've, I'm very excited I'm doing a collaboration with Archives Berlin but I'm actually going to do a book signing they're, they're bringing me there for a book signing That's and I've never dope. been to Berlin wonderful so, yeah I'm, I'm sure everyone will be following around yeah, um, the I'll, whole I'll story on the grounds that. seeing right. what's going on behind the scenes and make so, sure you share that little plane I trip I will. That's going to be awesome. And then, um, and yeah, so, so the audio book, the audio book is the audio of get your ass off the couch. Mm -hmm. And then the the tour begins again. I'll have a summer. I'm going to actually do like a launch party because I never, I just jump right into the tour. But when the audio book is finished, we'll celebrate that this summer. So that's wonderful. So I'm excited. Milk is actually helping me with that project. Awesome. So we have some surprises. It's not your, your normal audio book. I would suspect that nothing normal is coming from April Walker. It's going to be fun. (laughs) It's going to be fun. Um, So that's really dope. I just really want to say, among other things, that it is always a pleasure speaking to you. And um, you're always extremely insightful. And when I think about three things that I like to um, close things off and throw them off a dozens. So I have this thing called DeVita's Dozens, where um, I think of like a word or theme for today's show. And the word that's coming to me right now in today's show is resilience. What word comes to your mind? And we're going to throw it back and forth six times for you, six times for me. So for me, the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of resilience is me. What comes to your mind when you think of it? Tenacity. Tenacity. King Kim, my business manager in the corner. What does resilience mean? It means the ability to keep on keeping on no matter what. You don't know? He's going to pass on that. My business manager is passing. He's digesting it right now. So I would say the other one that comes off for me after resilience is water. Water? Mm-hmm. You for said you. water. Mm-hmm. It's water. It's, I'm from Philly. It's water. <laughs> <laughs> right? It always sneaks in on water and coffee. So I, I thought of two things, but I can only say one, right? No. Yeah. You could do it the next one. So... I say agua. Agua. We're getting a lot of water themes here. Ken, are you going to chime in, business manager? That, mm-hmm, it's your ability to keep on going. Me. me. He said him. We went back to me. I would say that if I wanted to throw this one more time, Duran, what would you say? It comes to your mind when you think of resilience. The universe. Our wonderful videographer, the magical Duran out here, he says the universe. I love that. Mr. J, Pluto, O-O, with three O's, because that's how you call him, the magical engineer and producer, the dopest, chillest dude. Um, what comes to your mind when you hear the word resilience? Life. Life. All right, let's just, I like that. We went on a full round. We went through water, universe, us, and life. Like, we got some good ones in on that, dozens. Um, so, I just want to thank you once again for joining us. Thank you it for is having me. It is always a pleasure to have always. you. Please keep us posted. If you want to follow the magical world of the one and only April Walker, please be sure to find her out here on these digital screets under which (laughs) (laughs) digital screets under the very same name or eponymous. 
this is this is a, this is amazing. I just want to thank you for all the work you do oh. in so many different lanes, and you're empowering so many and inspiring so many, and just your dopeness sharing it with the world. Seriously, and thank you for being thank you, here. April, for always just being a very reciprocal and pure human. It's amazing, and I just want to give one shout out right now to God. All right, God in the house. Hallelujah. Even if you don't believe, you still gonna receive. There you go. All that magic. Dun, 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 dun. Thank you very much. This has been lovely. You are very lovely. I love you all. And I just want to say, at the end of this, there's my little script that I'm going to say about this. And that goes at the end. And I just want to say that Light Mike with DeVita can be found on the digital streets at Light Mike. L-I-G-H-T-M-I-C with Davida, which is David A. Make sure you stay there and you tune in and you have a good time. We're going to be launching in May. And when that happens, y'all all is going to know about that. But more than that, I hope each one of you takes a little bit of love, a little bit of laughter, and a whole lot of resilience with you there for you whatever go. you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Light Mike with the V.